0: Talk about a photo finish it was a filing at the last minute practically well let's say the last hour Roland Bato de la Rosa who used to be the chief of the Philippine National Police the head of the uh, government police agency that is national in character in the Philippines is now running to be president of the Philippines he filed his position and uh, seeking his position And a move that is seen by some analysts as a possible way to hold a slot open under Philippine law, a uh, candidate can be replaced by another candidate should the other candidate have financial difficulties, or should the other candidate suddenly decide or their party decide to adopt a new candidate to fill their seat. And this is, of course, something that also exists in some U.S. states, actually have very similar Rules and laws with local elections. But, according to Batu de la Rosa, yes, the man who is named after Stone, he is running to be the next president of the Republic of the Philippines.
1: Ako, I am running to become the next president of the Republic of the Philippines. Sir, is this not the mockery of the election process? Ako. <laughs> I am running to become the next president of the Republic of the Philippines. Sir, is this not a mockery of the election process? Huh? Is this not a mockery of the election process? Why? Sir, do, the... do I look like a mockery to you? Huh? Sir, but you say... Do you're... I look like a mockery to you? I am... I won as a senator. Number five ako last ako. Last election. Number five ako na senator. Is that ma-heri? I I am... Uh, is it a to the 19 million Filipinos who voted for me as senator of
0: this, this republic? According to De La Rosa, of course, those who will believe that he is just there as a placeholder have a lot to, well, believe and think about because he may not be. However, some of his earlier statements in the same press conference seem to be, well, surprisingly leaning towards that direction. And how exactly? Senator De La Rosa intends to continue with his candidacy and his campaign is something that well has to long be figured out. Now of course it was the last day of filing. It was at 4 o'clock in the afternoon when he put in his paperwork and if anybody knows who's been filing for running in an election in the Philippines, it takes a lot of paperwork. I mean you gotta chop down two, three, four trees just to get it all done. (laughs) five copies of this, four copies of that, six copies of this, eight copies of that, and then it's gotta go to uh, all the regional copies, and then it's gotta go into a whole bunch of other stuff. I remember when a uh, friend and relative ran for a national position in the Philippines years ago, and I was there when they were filing all the paperwork, and it literally filled the entire rear section of a uh, small, well, no, rather, a large American SUV. Just to be able to uh, give you a a visual picture as to just how many stacks of papers needed to be filed. And that was just for the position of senator. And of course, Senator De La Rosa is running as part of the CUSI wing of the Partido Democrático Filipino Laban or Philippine Democratic Party fight wing of uh, a party that has been around since the uh, Marcos era. Uh, pdp Laban dates back to around 1981, when there was an election for an interim batasa or an interim uh, assembly under the uh, Marcos era, when elections were first restored. It was one of the first electoral uh, parties of the opposition to take part. It is, of course, President Rodrigo Duterte's party. And Senator De La Rosa, uh, who was, as he said, elected by 19 million votes, is indeed a legal national figure and candidate as required by Philippine electoral laws. Expect, of course, protests to be filed as to his uh, candidacy. There is another wing of the PDP Laban, which is being uh, run by Senator Manuel Pacquiao, uh, who is also from the same general region as uh, Senator uh, De La Rosa, who is from uh, Mindanao as well. Let's listen to the rest of the press conference as it went.
1: Daghan sa droga, corruption at terrorism at uh, ang sa ng ating amidst the pandemic.
0: Senator dela Rosa, there was saying that he intends to continue the fight against drugs, against terrorism and against criminality, and also to work to find ways to bring the country's people back up. Amidst the issues of the COVID pandemic crisis. Let's listen to some more.
1: I'm the party to huh? it?
0: So basically what Dele Rosa was asking questions, answering questions there, was it his decision to run or was did somebody else put him up to it? He basically is saying it was his decision, of course, to run and seek the presidency, but also beyond that, that it was a party decision. And this is very important because being part of a party is one of the clear capabilities under the Philippine uh, Electoral Code that they are able to mount a national campaign in scope and character. Oh. So there's an indication of something, of course, uh, he was asked, uh, are you going to be changed or palitan is the of Mayor Indai. Now, Mayor Indai is a nickname for Sara Duterte, who is the daughter of Philippine President Rodrigo Duterte, who was Senator De La Rosa's boss when he was in the Philippine National Police as Chief of Police of Davao City, where he served for a long time, and then later on as the National Police Chief. Let's listen in to some more. <laughs>
1: No, uh, this is a party decision. This is not my personal decision. Because if I'm, not am just a commissioner. You're going to take my sir. possible to pa you? Sir, mayor sara to Sir, to to Basta ako, ako para maging presidente, sir, sir, does this mean the party is still convincing uh, uh, Mayor Sara Duterte? I don't know. I don't know. may pinag, pinag- sila. Ako, I am running to become the next president of the Republic of the Philippines. Sir, is this not the mockery of the election process?
0: Well, we went through that part of that press conference already. And of course, uh the 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 the, the 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 long debate has to be raised uh as many have said that uh, at the end of the term of uh President Defe, uh there will be a lot more to be discussed in uh who will continue to run and be part of uh what exactly Uh, will be the next administration uh, and, of course, the protection that that gives certain individuals from possible ICC cases, which is the International Criminal Court has said that they have sent out investigators to deal with the drug war uh, campaign in the Philippines that has led to thousands of deaths. Some believe that many of those instances were the result of extrajudicial action or, in other words, targeted assassination of drug dealers and others. Now, there are critics who have said that this was beyond the scope of the law, or what the law allows in the Philippines. However, others point to the fact that the entire uh, Philippine drug deaths in the drug war of over five years, amounting to tens of thousands, is basically less than one month or two months of the equivalent type of drug cartel combat actions that have taken place in places like Mexico or Colombia, uh, and that the uh, violence in other countries is being ignored by the ICC uh, and other uh, courts across international spheres of justice just to be able to justify their actions that primarily serve a very strong political lobby in the United States that seeks the legalization of certain types of drugs in the Philippines.
1: Welcome to The Source, where we combine the headlines with in-depth conversations with the newsmakers themselves. I'm Pinky Webb. Today...
0: So that's Pinky Webb. We used to be uh, co-anchors every now and then, when I would be filling in for somebody on ANC. Uh, of course, she works for CNN Philippines. I'm just listening into uh, her interview here, a recording of it, with uh, Batu De La Rosa that that, uh, she also had. And, uh, you know, maybe you can get a little more insight. Uh, Pinky has a way of of getting to the source and getting to the information a little bit. We'll just play one little bit of audio and listen to what De La Rosa says, uh, you know, that that, that are coming in uh, from from her point of view. Of course, the surprise move of De La Rosa's uh, run is uh, something that was unexpected. Now, whether or not he will continue in that position or move down or shift up or move over is something that a lot of people uh, have to consider and and think about. Uh, There is a lot of talk on a lot of issues in particular uh, with all of this uh, that that, uh, are are going on. Now, according to De La Rosa, uh, his primary concern would be to move into sectors that are to deal with the pandemic and, of course, uh, its surrounding areas. Let's listen to what he had to say to Pinky on that.
1: Sa ito, so far, dahil nga yung uh, yung seno farm uh, yun siguro ang gusto ko kung merong abelabol naon at ayaw uh, ferion. So yun ang gusto ko sana dahil it uh, uh, it has been using. Uh, technology na proven over time na safe daw ito so far dahil nga yung uh, naman yung mga uh, existing natin ngayon ng na mga vaccines ay the same uh, technology ginagamit dito yung uh, inactivated pathogens na ginagamit nila so proven safe nito dahil yung ito ginagamit sa anti rabies natin ngayon na existing yung mga anti flu yung mga anti uh uh, uh, uh Yung... vaccines na na, uh, using the same technology.
0: Uh... So we know as uh, Dalarosa speaks uh, on the issue of vaccines and, and the Sinopharm, uh vaccine availability is something that he would like to see. It is a slightly more expensive vaccine than Sinovac which has been something that has uh, uh, been uh, in use around the Philippines. And uh, you know, uh unfortunately uh, from from what we can tell from the interview, he hasn't even vaccinated yet himself.
1: Uh, immunity. Uh, two to, uh two to three months or so two to three two to four months. But more two months I was diagnosed with COVID-19, November twenty. So November twenty uh, after 14 days, after uh, 21 days, I was uh, declared uh, COVID negative. I don't know, the start of counting. counting is November 20, where I positive, or November after 21 days.
0: So, you know, he's talking here. I think this is probably an old interview that they're mixing in with the new information about his running and uh, of course what is going on in that area as to how uh, you know he, he was uh, um being uh, you know uh, someone who, who did get infected with the uh, the uh, vaccine another top issue that's going around the philippines of course today was uh, the uh, uh well uh, uh announcement by the uh, nobel committee that uh, Maria Ressa, uh, who many of us uh, who worked at ABS-CBN worked with for many years, has won the uh, one one of the winners of the uh, Nobel Prize. Now, exactly the entire scope of that, we really don't know yet. We'll wait for that. Uh, there was a excerpt from the announcement that she received, and uh, you know, we, we try and play a little bit of that. Now, this of course comes from the. Nobel Committee and uh, how exactly uh, they do this is, is they call the recipients before it's going to be announced and uh, So so I guess it gives you an insight as to what it would be like to uh, be nominated or named or whatever and uh, how all that kind of uh, kind of works for, for people who are uh, in this Type of situation, and uh, you know how exactly they uh, uh, get the call, get the message. It's a rare look, and and this, of course, was audio released by the uh, uh, Nobel Committee, and we're gonna try and find it. I know I have it somewhere in here on this computer because somebody sent it to me. Actually, Caroline Howard, who used to be a uh, colleague of mine at uh, ANC and ABS-CBN. Uh, sent this to me and uh, it was it's something i guess she wants me to give a listen to and uh get my thoughts on well, you know a lot of us who uh who went through uh uh you know and lived around ABS-CBN during the time of her tenure uh also remember the uh, uh, situation that took place uh with with some uh, labor issues at cbn so, maybe not everybody has the same uh, kind of, uh, how would I put it, uh, um, high level of support or, or fans of uh, of uh, uh, this lady, but, uh, you know, uh, it still is a journalist from the Philippines who did win, basically for standing up for press freedom, and uh, that, of course... Uh, um. Is an important topic, especially these days. However, there are questions as to the Nobel Committee uh, giving an award to someone who is also rumored to, you know, have been part of groups that have actually, uh, you know, been active on uh, uh, issues of, of uh, freedom of speech uh, with regard to, uh, you know, the the um, uh, how is that described? with regard to the um, uh, fact-checking and other topics that have also uh, come up uh, throughout this discussion. And uh, basically, uh, there's quite a bit of conversation into that. Because if, if you're running a news organization and then you're also subcontracted with Facebook and other organizations to run fact-checking, and some fact-checkers, I'm not saying her fact-checking organization, but I'm saying some people who have been uh, in, involved in these fact-checking efforts have been viewed as groups who have a, part of a, a partisan political agenda. Also, her partnership with uh, The Intercept, which is funded by Pierre Omnidar. At around the same time, Pierre Omnidar founded the Never Trump Organization. Uh, wherein uh, he was the principal donor when that organization first started. Hey, some people on the left and on the uh, liberal side of politics and media, that may be a pogey point as they say in the Philippines or a baguapo or, or, or a, uh, uh, a thing that, that builds your credibility within that particular sector of journalism that they believe uh, has the right to express uh, themselves and their agendas through the reporting. I'm not part of that school. Uh, I'm part of an older school, maybe, even though this lady's older than me. She'll never admit it, though. But anyway, here is the call, essentially. Uh, And congratulations to her, whether or not you like them. This
2: is what happened. Am I talking to Maria Ressa? You are, yeah. Yes, I'm calling from the Norwegian Nobel Institute in Oslo. And I'm calling you on behalf of the Norwegian Nobel Committee. And it's a great pleasure for me, Maria, to inform you that at 11 o'clock local time here in Oslo it will be announced that you are awarded the Nobel Peace Prize for 2021 for your courageous fight oh for God. freedom of expression in the Philippines and you will be sharing the prize with another candidate, which I cannot disclose the name of uh, right now, because I won't need to call that person first. So, oh my gosh. I will only congratulate you on behalf of the committee, and we will come back to you later with more information. Uh, but I would be delighted to hear your immediate, spontaneous reaction to this news.
1: I, I, I'm speechless. i am actually biased at another event, but my God, sake, oh my gosh, it's... Is, um, is, I'm speechless,
0: thank you. So that is her reaction. Uh, she's speechless. Many of the uh, former employees who went through the uh, strike and other uh, labor issues at the ABS Union when she was the head of that uh, news division uh, are also somewhat less than speechless and they're making a lot of commentary on it. Again, our congratulations to her. She got it. Hey, you know, what can you say? Not everybody always agrees with uh, other awards and prizes. But you got to hand it to her; she did uh, win, and uh, something to be proud of. So, in my case, a Filipino American, um, as I know uh, from from uh, conversations with people at a certain embassy, uh, she also is. So, you know, congratulations to her, and uh, you know, more uh, more power to her movement and development in uh, her field and her area of uh, that kind of journalism, which is primarily. Uh, journalism that involves, uh, you know, bringing in the area of uh, the area of uh, activism into the field as you are reporting or bringing up topics. And you know what? Hey, if that's what floats her boat, that's what makes her happy. That's what uh, her her school is. You got to agree to disagree sometimes in this business um i'm no longer as active as i once was primarily because of disability and uh it is something that uh, those of us who are in this field uh realize that you know you're only as good as your last story and and when somebody wins an award especially an award as prestigious as the nobel peace prize uh that is something uh that that of course uh shows that hey you know anyone can do it if you work hard enough try hard enough and uh, stick stick your guns and uh, I guess have the right uh, backing for it, and backing and needing nominations and all that, uh, and, and bring those topics and conversations out. Of course, uh, again, uh, that is uh, what exactly the issue is on that topic. Those are, of course, the uh, the uh, you know uh, topics uh, to broad from. But I remember a different school of journalism and different words, and a different podcast I did on a topic similar to this. So, going so, back to the 1970s, was a time when uh, many of us who were alive at that time, or uh, born at that time, or raised at that time, or in the 80s and followed, of a simpler world of media, there were three broadcast networks, NBC, ABC, and CBS, later on CNN came into play, and other smaller networks, there were always networks on the radio, but in broadcasting, a key figure was a guy by the name of Uncle Walter. Who was Uncle Walter? Well, that was Walter Cronkite. Now, at that time, liberalism, when they said it was being liberal, meant being fair to all. Unfortunately, that does not seem to be much of what we see anymore these days from so-called liberal media types. The classic liberal attitude has changed. Anyway, usually before I go to sleep, I listen to uh, old-time radio classics. These are old radio dramas from the 1930s and 40s. And as I was listening to one, I heard that old familiar voice of Uncle Walter talking about broadcast journalism and how broadcast journalists are... Walter Cronkite admitted he was a liberal, but... But we are professional
2: journalists.
0: This is the difference. We are trying to reach an objective. We're trying to be objective. We have been taught from the day we went to school when we began to know we wanted to be journalists: integrity, truth, honesty, and this attempt to be objective. We try to
2: present the news as
0: objectively as possible, whether we like it or don't like it. Okay. And that, of course, is. uh... Well, of course, uh, even then they had liberal bias issues uh, back in the, that era. But, you know, Walter Cronkite basically said that essentially, whether or not you agree with someone, you have to, at times, let them take a bow that they do something that improves their stature or status. And uh, being fair and balanced means covering all sides and giving all sides an opportunity. So, congratulations. the team at Rappler and uh, those uh, who support Miss Reza and uh, her uh, uh, fan base that goes from the Philippines to Indonesia uh, to many parts of the United States and I guess now in Oslo, Norway where she just won a Nobel Prize. Anyway that's it for me for now from uh, the uh, desk that I have uh, here in New York City Uh, where I just basically ramble on about anything I can think of at the top of the day or the bottom of it or whatever. Hey, it's my little podcast, and this has been Mike of New York. I am Mike K. Cohen, wishing you a pleasant good day, good night, and have a wonderful tomorrow.